That's some good soup. I'm never That's some good it, soup. I'm never going to let it go. Okay. Hey, so That's... I have a surprise for you. Wait. What? Okay. Yeah, it's... I have a surprise for you. Can you read Wait. it? Yes, it says... It's a podcast. Huh? It's a card. It's a birthday card. What? Somebody gave us a birthday card for our oh, podcast for birthday. Oh, podcast! <laughs> yeah! Oh, yeah, and I've had it for like three days, but I didn't want to open it because you weren't with me. So right, I'm gonna open okay. it here, right now on okay. this on the shit show. We're gonna open a card together. <laughs> okay, open okay. the card. Let me see. Is it a cat? It. It's a fucking. This is that's me. A, that's, that's that's like that's us. A hundred percent. It's like a fucking cat sitting on a cloud couch with a donut and a unicorn horn and a rainbow. I can fucking dig it. Who the hell that's gave exactly. that to us? Okay. So, it says, wishing you a magical, incredible, unbelievable birthday. Happy first birthday, gals. Keep those spooky uh, scares coming, and may the floor quarter ever be in your hand. <laughs> Love, Nightmare Town. Aw, Nightmare Town. Isn't that sweet? Town. That's so sweet. Yeah, I saw Aww. Betty Boom the other day, and she was like, it's your podcast birthday. I have something for you. Isn't that sweet? That's so sweet. Now Kay. I feel like... I- like an asshole we didn't get them anything it's okay okay it just it made me i it she gave it to me and i was like nope i gotta wait i want to open it now but i gotta wait thank you for waiting and not ruining it for me you're welcome okay so uh i got strep throat yeah you did because you've been yep. licking doorknobs and floors <laughs> everyone every single person even the doctor was like where the fuck did you get this from like i don't know I don't know. I just, I was, I was, um, existing mm-hmm. in this life. There's your problem. <laughs> Mistake number one. I fucked up. I'm alive. And then, um, yeah. And then I just woke up one morning and my right tonsil was really sore. And I was like, did I mouth breathe all night? What the, f- what is this shit? And then, Ooh. um, I was like, no, everything's fine if you just ignore it. And then everything was not fine. And then the next morning I woke up in a panic, choking on my own tonsils because they were so swollen. And I said, holy shit, I have strep throat. Yep. Yep. That sounds, that sounds fun. Yeah. I had a a fever, body aches, and all kinds of shit. And so I ended up, I called you the night before and I was like, I can't record I can't do this. Like there's something wrong with me. And then it was the next morning that I was like, oh yeah, like. Uh-huh. Strep throat. I, I am dying. This is this is Oops. real. So I went to the doctor, and before I went, the the Google said that they opened at eight. So I showed up at eight, and they weren't mm. open. And I was like, Oh well, no! What the fuck? Google lied. How could the internet lie? The internet never lies. So no. <laughs> I went back home, ate some food, and then went back, and then they swabbed my throat, which is always interesting, right? Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. The way that yeah. feels. <sighs> She just swabbed my tonsils, and I was like, that's yeah. disgusting. Mm-hmm. So then the doctor comes back. She goes, did you eat before you did? I was like, yeah. And she's like, you know, you're not supposed to, right? And I was like, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, that makes sense. But I didn't think about that. I have a fucking fever right now. I had, like, a 99.1 fever that was with medication. So Yowzers. Uh, I never got, like, an official diagnosis, but she just looked at the back of my throat and was like, that looks terrible. And I was like, I trust, I trust me. It, it feels as terrible as it looks. Probably feels worse. Yep. And then she walked out and she's like, she's got strep throat. And I was like, thanks doc. Thanks for looking in my mouth and telling me what I have. I wonder if that's like how old school doctors did it. She, yeah, she's, she was, she's, 
I dropped four quarter. She's super old school, but uh, she got me my Z pack and sent me on my way, and I was like, nice. thanks. Nice. Thanks, thanks, thanks. So got you the Z pack. You want to know a really gross fun fact about me? Yeah. I had, I mean, uh, I had strep throat seven times in a four or five month period, and I no longer can take Z packs because they don't work. That's cool. Holy shit. Yeah. That was in high school. Fuck high school, man. Too yeah, many high people, sc- too small. Yep. So many. Gr- I also got strep throat in high school. Okay, what was the incident you were talking about where you're like, you almost died and your parents couldn't figure out? It was when you were in high school and you got strep throat and nobody could figure out why you were sick because your throat didn't look like it was bad. And then they were like, no, nah, you just have a cold. Go back to sleep. Do okay, you so, so no? like, yes, yes and no. Oh, yes okay. and no. Okay. Um, my throat did not hurt at all oh that's what it was that's what it was my throat did not hurt at all so i had no idea what was wrong with me i was sleeping 16 hours a day falling asleep in the shower that's what it was yep and it was awful and like my dad's like are you good i was like i think so man i don't know what's going on and then finally um i had my dad and i were talking and he was like what the fuck is wrong with you like there's like tell me what's wrong and i ended up turning my head to the side and my lymph node I'm, I'm not joking when I say this. I'm not joking. Like, it's permanently fucked up to this day because of it. I went so long with untreated strep throat that my right lymph node swelled up. It looked like there was a little mini Twinkie in my throat. Like, that's how Ew. bad it was. So when I turned my Ew. head, my dad saw it, and he was like, get the fuck in the car. <laughs> We're going to the doctor. We're going to the doctor. Ugh. So, um... That's what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when I got there, that was worse because it was untreated so like the whole back of my throat was white every single person who saw it like visibly like physically like revolted and was like that's the worst case of strep i have ever seen i was like yeah i went a week i went a week with like nothing gross your throat was a petri dish (laughs) (laughs) but anyway so anyway so i got strep throat and then i threw up episode 60 so now this is 59 and eventually at some point I will flop these two uh, later down the line, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, so I got strep throat, and yeah. then I had to drive to a wedding. Yeah, you did. And be in a wedding. Yeah, you did. Yep. So uh, my brother got married, and it was yay. It was. It's one of those things where it's like it's a shit show right up until the moment, and then everything just magically comes together. Yeah, because um, nobody gives a shit about all the little stuff. It's like, oh, they're there. They're gonna get married. That's so cute, and that's all anybody's looking at. So. But, I mean, we, we almost didn't have a cake or a bouquet, so it wasn't yep. the little things. Yup. I know how that goes. Yep. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Your wedding was a, daz- a disaster. So, mm-hmm. they almost she almost didn't have a cake. Um, the woman who was working there that day, like, was like, you ordered it through Amazon, and we don't do cakes through Amazon. And so, I was like, I fucking called you guys a week ago. We I did not order it through Amazon. So, they had to do ah. the cake right then and there, and it came ah. out amazing. And then the bouquet she had ordered, which... Mm fucking gorgeous like an orchid elephant something something orchids elephant orchids they're huge they're massive it was like this drapey long orchid yeah and uh the shipment didn't come in that day for the orchids so yeah so um they the the bouquet place was like hey like if we were making you a backup one but if it comes in we're gonna bring it to you which oh my they god! They don't normally do. So they did. They called us and they're like, "Hey, we're in the lobby." So we like ran down there and grabbed it. Um, they got married in Wellington, 
Willing, Wilmington, there we go, uh, North Carolina, and they got married on this, like, pond front, which was, like, super Aww. gorgeous in the middle of this park with, like, this, like, pagoda, like, I forget, Cute. What, I don't I don't know what it's called, but it's, like, these, like, stone walkway, like, a stone stair step that went down yeah. into the waters, and then, like, there was a pretty fountain with, like, Aww. Greco-Roman, like, um pillars and like the thing that goes around the top of them and it was super so super gorgeous oh the like park like uh spanish moss cranes hell in yeah the, cranes in the trees uh ducks in the water it was fucking gorgeous hell yeah it was awesome and then i got on my dad's nerves at the uh <laughs> at the wedding reception or uh, at the wedding the, the dinner wedding uh i, I uh I was cold. We were sitting outside, so I wore my dad's jacket, and then I got cream cheese frosting on his jacket, and I thought he was going to stab me. <laughs> I probably would have if he got something on my nice it clothes. Was, it was just a little bit. Oh, my God. My dad, We oh, this is just so funny. He uh, he wore lo- loafers, like, in, with yeah. his outfit, right? And then, like, we're all waiting around, waiting for the golf cart to take us to, like, the pond, right? And yeah. my dad goes, hey, look at this. And we look down, and the sole of his loafer is just coming off. Oh, no. And I'm like, my guy, we've had the wedding date. Like, what are you doing? He's like, don't worry about it. And he just rips the sole of his shoe off and then whips it towards the car. Your dad stresses (laughs) me out a little bit because, like, in my brain, I can straight up see you go, I don't worry about it, and just pull the fucking bottom of your shoe off. So, like, you and your father are very similar in that. And that kind of stresses me out. Just don't worry about it. Rip. It's fine. I was like, hey, there's some more. He's like, don't worry about it. It rips off and he throws it on the ground. He picked it all up. He picked it all up. But it was just, Jesus. he was he was one soul down uh, when we were standing there. And no one knew. No one knew. It wasn't obvious. But he, like, ended up throwing those shoes away when we got back to the <laughs> hotel room. So. Well, I mean, that's that's fair. Oh, my God. Yeah. My, uh, when my brother got married, um, the the bride had, like, asked for a friend of hers to make the cake. And this girl, I feel like it was like her first time making a wedding cake because you're supposed to assemble a tiered cake on the like the cake table, right? Right. This bitch does it in the kitchen of the house and there's 12 steps down from the kitchen to outside. And she was like, oh, we're going to carry the cake out. And I stopped what I was doing because my ex-sister-in-law had like asked me to help plan everything and make it run smooth right and i was like motherfucker are you serious like i cussed in front of my mom in front of her grandmother <gasps> in front of my mom's best friends like a bunch of people and gave this girl a dressing down about like how fucking stupid can you be this is a three-tiered cake you gotta go down 12 fucking stairs what is wrong with you the cake made it because i carried it so because <sighs> oh because you carried it yeah because this girl was like like I'm, I'm a hefty lady and she was also a hefty lady and she was a little shorter than me, and I was afraid that she was going to trip on the stairs because she had had trouble getting up the stairs. And I oh, was like, oh, okay. no, 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 nope. you cannot, then- you cannot carry this. <laughs> it, was, it was a day. It was a fucking day. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. That's, I, I will forever see that cake on the ground in my mind. It was a good cake, though. Was it a good cake, yeah. though? Yeah. It tasted good. Cool. It tasted cool, good. Cool, cool, cool. You want to know what's also good cake? Good soup, even? <laughs> spooky <laughs> i'm just glad you didn't go you know what is also strep throat because i thought you were gonna earlier you want to know what's also strep throat and fucking disgusting scary stories Woo! <laughs> Oh, 
Oh, wait, Jesus. Okay. Um, it's been a minute, and yeah. I think the strep throat has, like, um, wiped part of my memory because I went back to work, and I was like, I don't know who you people are. <laughs> I don't know any of your names. I don't, I don't know what's happening. I don't know where I am. I didn't, even, I didn't even remember what floor I was supposed to be on when I went to work, and I was like, Jesus, fuck. So um, <laughs> bear with me in my brain. I'm trying to get my memory back from strep. Um, okay. If you yeah. want to keep supporting this shit show, be sure yeah. to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash haunt her. I barely know her. We have two tiers. We have the medium tier, which is the $5 tier, and you get access to things that I can't remember. I'm so sorry. I have strep throat. And the $7 tier, you get access to bonus videos, bonus episodes. We have bonus episodes. Yeah. And we have we have two. We had some coming up, but I got strep throat, and I'm so sorry. The notes are done for it, and Zoe's got Ooh. her notes done for it, so we're going to put them back out. We're going to put them out again. And, we'll get uh, it. Yeah, you get like a sticker in the mail, and then of course both tiers is shout outs. Oh, yeah, sticker. A sticker in the mail. You have a sticker on your water on your bottle. Yeah. yeah, this yeah. is my public water bottle that I take places. And you're people go, what the t- fuck is that? And I'm like, let me tell a- you. Let me tell you all about this podcast. Thank you for the free advertisement. I appreciate it. Always. Always. I'm glad that you have uh, no boundaries with that. All right. Absolutely not. <laughs> so, all right. So there's there's that plug in. Uh, what do you want? Heads or tails? Booty ass in traditional fashion, please. I need two hands for this. I had strep throat. Don't eat it into the future, please. Booty ass, you're going first. Hell yeah. All right. So this week, I, Zoe Knowlton, I'm going Thank to be you. telling you the story of Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary in Petros, Tennessee. And where? Petros. What the? F- Petros? Petros. Petros. Yeah. Petros. Petros. Yes, With it a is. P. P P E T R O S Petros. Okay. Yes, it is in Morgan County. No, Roan County, Tennessee, Ooh, which is like Roan. east, Ro- east from Co- where I am, like East yeah. Tennessee. Roan County is a popular county, apparently. Yeah. I don't know. No idea. Me either. Go ahead. Fun fact: uh, Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary is sometimes called the Alcatraz of the South. So what the fuck. Yep. What the fuck Why? is correct, ma'am? Okay. Cool. So first things first, before we actually talk about Brushy Mountain itself, we're going to have to talk about the Coal Creek War. So the Coal Creek War occurred in 1891 when coal miner, coal mine owners in Coal Creek began to remove and replace their company-employed coal miners with convict labor leased out by the Tennessee state prison system. Yeah, it was that, cheap. Sounds, that sounds ethical. Yeah, No. <laughs> so life for coal miners was like super shitty to begin with because this was the 1890s so they were paid in a thing called script which is essentially like fake money that you would use to pay for like housing and like shopping right so the coal companies would give you coal script and say okay so you owe us x amount of money for rent because you you know you're living on grounds or whatever so give us this much for rent you can go to the shop and spend your script and, like, buy your food and all the other stuff that you need, right? Not a good time to be alive, the 1890s. Not a good time. No. So, of course, they, like, the coal company started to jack up the prices in the coal shop, like, in the, the script shops, and lowered their wages. Sounds about right. Right. So, they were just getting super fucked, could not afford it. So, not only were they starting to, like, not be able to afford stuff, they weren't able to do any other jobs because they had no money. They only had script. Not a good time. 
And in addition to that, they started to lose their jobs with the coal company because the coal company was employing convict labor. Not a good time all around. This is so fucked up. Oh, my God. Yeah. And this wasn't just a thing in Tennessee. This was a thing everywhere. Um, Because the the 1800s, 1890s were just not a good time. This was like a common practice all across the country. So remember, we're in the South. This is Tennessee. We're in the South. It was right after the Civil War. Everyone's super poor. So former coal miners started to attack and burn both state prison stockades because that's where the prison convict laborers were coming from. And they also started to attack and burn mining companies and mining properties. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So they would go up to the prison stockades and they would start to release hundreds of convicts from their bondage so that, oh, hey, we have our jobs back because you don't have any prison labor. Here we are. Oop. Oops. So though the various fights, like through those fights that broke out, only 27 people across that, like through the Cold War there, were killed. Only 27. Tennessee was one of the first states to stop its use of convict labor lease contracts with private businesses in 1896. So as a result of that and other things, Tennessee decided, okay, yeah, we're not going to keep doing that because that's probably not a good idea. Right. Wow, that's probably the most impressive thing I've ever heard Tennessee do. It's going to get bad again. Just give it a second. Yeah, it sounds really nice. It sounds really nice until you know why Brushy Mountain was built in the first place. Mm. So this was really like this whole backstory thing was important to understand because Brushy Mountain opened in 1896, the same year that they stopped doing convict labor to house those convicts that were no longer used for convict labor. So they got put in here, and that, of course, does not mean that the convicts, their mining skills were put to the test. So that doesn't mean that those convicts with mining skills got to just, like, chill in the prison. Brushy Mountain Mine in Prison made sure of that. So the convicts of Brushy Mountain built the wooden structure that they would live in. That was their first order of business as brand new convicts for Brushy Mountain. They would work in the mines at Brushy Mountain. They also built a railroad spur, worked the on-site coal mine, and operated coke ovens, and farmed all on-site. Coke? Coke? Coke, coke ovens. O- coke? Like, yeah, coke ovens. Like, the last time we talked about steel, like, that that's a thing. You use coal to make stuff. Coke. Coke ovens. Like, for steel. Did coke, we talk coke about for steel? Yes, with, we talked about it. With Sloss Furnace? Yeah, Sloss Furnace. We talked about coke ovens. Okay. I don't recall. We go ahead. Wow, you've, your brain has forgotten things. Bro, I told you, the strep throat got me good. Oof. So on January 1st, 19, excuse me, 1896, some 210 of those convicts became the first inmates of Brushy Mountain Mine and Prison. The location of the prison had been strategically chosen in the center of mountains, so it was surrounded by mountains. It's like basically in like a little sea, and the entrance is the only way in and out. So the prison itself is actually only three walls, and it's around the, the, the front entrance, and then the two side walls, and then the very back of it is open, just up into the mountainside. No one can climb up it? I mean, they can, but they'll probably die. Fair enough. Yeah, so it's, it's, not, uh, it's not so good. So it was more or less, if the walls didn't keep you in, the terrain would. Okay, was kind of what enough. they were thinking. Anyone that did escape, and they did have a lot of escapes throughout the history of Brushy Mountain... All of them were caught within a very short span of time. Fair enough. So that's cool. By the 1920s, 
uh, the prison actually had to be rebuilt because people started to see, oh, hey, this is like really, really poor conditions for these people. No. Also, it's a fire hazard because it's a wooden building and you heat it with wood. Uh, That's a bad idea. <laughs> so here. What is right. That? What? what, is, what is, no, what this is, is Tennessee, logic? honey. What? <laughs> Ooh, I can say that I'm from here. <laughs> so the new prison was built um, out of stone that was actually mined on site. And it was built in the shape of a cross to like whenever anybody talks about it being rebuilt in a cross shape, they always say, quote, to give them some Jesus. I like that. I thought that was hmm. the prison continued to grow and was operational through 1972 when it was actually uh, shut down due to a prison guard strike because the prison guards were like, hey, our working conditions are incredibly unsafe. There are not enough of us to keep us safe. And to keep prisoners from killing each other. This uh-huh. is not a good environment. Uh-huh. Oops. So the, pr- uh, the prison remained closed until 1976 when it was reopened and run through June 11th, 2009. So That is too long for that yep. POS place to be open. Correct. Uh, it finally was shut down for good in 2009 and all of the prisoners were transferred to Morgan County Correctional Complex. That sounds better. Ah. I mean, all prisons are bad, but like... I mean, uh, yeah. Huh? So Brushy held the worst of the worst of what Tennessee had to offer. It was a maximum security prison. Murderers, serial killers, rapists, all of them made their home there. Uh, James Earl Ray actually served time there after he assassinated Martin Luther King Jr. in Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, shit. Yep. Oh, shit. And uh, Ray actually escaped Brushy Mountain along with six other prisoners on June 11th, 1977. He was found two days later hiding under a pile of leaves. A pile of what? Leaves. He had gotten under a pile of leaves and thought that that would keep him safe. That's so cute. That man was not a smart man. (laughs) Not a smart man. Uh, So it turns out, of course, the mountains did their job very well. He was gone for, I think in total, he and the other prisoners were gone for a total of 56 hours, 58, somewhere in there. Not a very long time. Damn. Yeah. Uh, Things were not great in this prison. At one point of its history, the the prison averaged one murder a week. So that's not great. Bro. That's a a lot. That's a lot. That's bad. Yeah, that's not good. And then, of course, during the early 1900s, tuberculosis was a serious issue. Uh, just not just in Brushy, but all over Tennessee prisons. Like, it killed uh, hundreds of people. Not, Not a good thing. Now, many of the prisoners later on, like in the very beginning in the late 1800s, early 1900s, a lot of them had mining experience. So, of course, it made sense to have them run the on-site mine. As time went on, more and more of the prisoners had no prior mining experience, but that didn't matter to anybody running brushy. The people who got tired halfway through their shifts, because it wasn't just a like, hey, we're going to go in for an eight hour workday. It was we're going to work you from dawn till dusk and oh, you're just going to keep on going. So anybody who was in the mine and just sort of slowed down or just stopped doing what they were doing, the prison guards or mine guards, whatever you want to call them, carried these seven foot long leather straps that they would just whip uh, the prisoners with to get them going again. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Not a good time. Um, starting in 1920 and running all through to 1960, so that 40-year period, inmates started to take guards hostage in the mines. 
uh, because they had, they're really understaffed, really terribly understaffed. So it would only take like two or three prison guards to get like 30 or 40 inmates into the mine at a time, right? And once they were in there, they were just walking around making sure everybody was doing what they were doing. So when it was time to leave and they didn't want to leave, they would just pull you in and just keep you in there. So they would hold prison guards in the mines until the state would hear what kind of grievances they had. Like they were being worked too long. They weren't being fed enough because these also all of these men had to fight one another to be able to get blankets in the winter because they didn't have enough blankets. Things weren't warm enough. So people like it, it was an achievement at this point in time to live through Brushy Mountain. Not a good time. Damn. The mines themselves were also very unsafe, more so than a lot of, you know, mines, I guess, because mining is a great thing to do. (laughs) So anyone from Tennessee or who has visited Tennessee knows that the ground here is not all one type of sediment. God, no. No. You got your red clay mud. You have your sandstone. You have your... Um, limestone you got your limestone like all sorts of different stuff slate can be paper thin razor sharp really easy to break through and then you got your limestone that is really hard to break so in brushy in that area there's coal mines right but the coal mines have a lot of methane pockets so if you hit that with dynamite the whole thing's going up oh jesus so mine collapses were common And as time went on, it wasn't just the worst of the worst that were getting put in brushy. It was people who were from that county or from like the smaller surrounding counties who had petty theft, like little things got put in brushy, the worst of the worst prison. Not a good time. Yeah. So in the mid 1960s, there were several men who were in prison for for petty theft (laughs) and a mine collapse happened. These men were killed, and in 1966, right after those men died, was the last time coal left Brushy Mountain to be sold by the state. You know, that's, that sounds like, okay, you know, they got rid of the coal mine. That's that's good, right? That's pretty cool. Right. Um, unfortunately, now. it wasn't just their death. It was the fact that the state had stopped profiting from coal. I swear to God. What? <sighs> it's great here, isn't it? God. Whoops. People's lives. Fuck it. You know what I mean? Quick, quick pause on this story. Did you hear that Smith & Wesson is moving their factory to Tennessee from Massachusetts? Yeah, I was about to say, they're up in New England. Why the fuck are they coming down here? Because the gun laws in New England are too stringent, so they're moving to good old Tennessee where they can do anything they want. Bye, God. Yeah. Hey. So that's kind of wild. Where do rednecks go when they die? Redneck heaven? I don't know. Bye, God. Oh, my God. Why are you like this? Why are you like this? I'm upset. I'm upset. I can't believe you've, you, of yeah. all people, should never have heard that. that. Never heard Wait, that. What? Nope, never heard that. You mean to tell me that I, Kenny Groves, mm-hmm. do a Southern culture joke that you, Zoe Knowlton, have never heard? Uh, I think it was, a, it was a, a mocking joke. I think that's why I've never heard it. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, yeah that's probably is. why, because, you know, <laughs> here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Whoops. Bye, God. All right, here we go. Ah, Lord. Back to this horrible, sad story. On February 8th, 1982, there was a hostage situation. This one's pretty fucking dark. Um, I'm so sorry to anybody. Uh, trigger warnings for uh, racism, because this is oh. Tennessee in the 1980s. Oh, I was going to say 
Blake, cover your ears. <sighs> no, 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 not not quite that bad. Um, okay. Two black inmates were murdered by white prisoners. Ugh. The white prisoners had sawed through, like they, they took like a hacksaw and cut through the bars on their on their prison gate deal door. Yeah, yeah, prison prison door, whatever. Um, <laughs> and had to keep the guards from noticing, had shoved soap in between to like cover up the uh, the hash- hacksaw marks and had painted over it. So when the time came, it was just grab and go. So that's that's gross. Damn. Uh huh. And one of the guards, because of course you have crooked police, you have crooked guards. It is what it is. Um, had smuggled in a twenty-two pistol to one of the white inmates, and then when it was time for them to go, they opened up and went out. And all of the the black men were in one area of the prison. They were all together in one area, and this this white prisoner start he went down the line and just shot every single one of them just in a uh. line down um not so good not not such a good time uh thankfully only two of those men died the other ones were injured but they didn't die and after the shooting they laid the gun down and went quietly to the guards so that was just it that's all they wanted to do that's all they wanted that was literally their entire purpose in doing that was to kill those men that was it wow yeah not not a good time. POSs, God. Yeah. Over its history, there have been nearly one hundred executions by electrocution. That was where the electric chair was in Tennessee. Oh, oh. Whoops. And of course, this prison isn't just something from this, the past because it still operated into two thousand nine. Anyone from Tennessee that was alive in two thousand five, myself included, remembers the name Wayne Cotton Morgan. So Mr. Morgan was a longtime brushy guard who was shot and killed by the wife of one of his prisoners, George Hyatt, at the Roan County Courthouse. He was the two wi- years away from retirement. The wife mm-hmm, of one of the prisoners at Brushy. She later in an interview, I think her name was Jennifer. I didn't care to remember her name. I was more worried about the guy. But um, she later said after they were, of course, arrested and put back yeah. in jail, um, that she thought of them as a Bonnie and Clyde. So. Fuck and this, off. It's, it's so sad, too, because, the, like, he was well-liked by inmates. Like, nobody had anything bad to say about him. And he was two years away from his retirement. And that makes me real sad. No, I don't like that. Mm. Yeah. Yep. That one, because uh, I remember when that happened. I remember when he was murdered. So, ooh, not a good nah. time. Okay. So, Pete... Waddington and his business partner Brian May reopened Brushy as a tourist attraction in 2018, including a restaurant, a gift shop, an event venue, and a tasting room for the Moonshine Distillery that is in a former boiler house on the property. Yes, yes. Let's just take this awful penitentiary and just mm-hmm. bougie it up. Let's have oh, for sure. Moon- moonshine tasting. Mm-hmm. Pinkies up. Yeah, Moonshine Distilled on site. Okay. And you know what it's called? The brand? Brush, brushy, brush, something brushy. No. End of the line. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's a prison. Yep. Get it? Yeah. Get it? I hate it. Yeah. Yep. Thanks. Yep, you're welcome. Cool. Ooh. Today, there are actually a few prison guards and even former inmates that still remain at Brushy to give tours of the prison, both haunted and historical. 
So that's cool. Wait. Yeah. Inmate? Like ex-inmates. Ex-inmates, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I thought you meant like... No, like, no, 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 sorry. Ex-inmates, yes. Okay. Yeah. I was like, it's not working. What do you mean? Okay. Yeah. There's, uh, I read in a couple of places, there's a, a gentleman who, like, will take you through and, like, describe how to make a prison tattoo gun. And then he, like, pulls his shirt sleeve up and is like, look, this is one I got when I was here. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. That's kind of wild. What the fuck? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. There's, uh, I think the, the, the former inmate is the one that does the historical tour, and then there's a former prison guard that does the haunted tours. Spoopy. Yeah, right? I was like, ooh, okay. 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 You would know. Okay. So now we're into the spooky away from the history. Thanks for sitting through that with me. Cool. So the owner, Pete Waddington, says, quote, I wasn't a believer, but I am now. My wife got her hair pulled in the bathroom at the end of the hall. We had a guide quit on us because she got so freaked out, and she was a guide for the paranormal tours. She has not been back, if that tells you something. Oh, piss. Oop. Oop. <laughs> so people who enter the grounds, you don't even have to be in the prison, but as soon as you cross through the gates into the property, yeah. people start getting a feeling of, I don't belong here. And, like, they start to get a little anxious and a little, like, dread starts to set in. And then you go inside one of the buildings and the feeling just gets worse. It gets heavier. It gets dark. Not a good time. Okay. It's like that, like, hair standing up on the back of your neck kind of thing. Like, just, this is not right. Something is bad. Some people, uh, as they were walking through Brushy, have been touched, scratched, or shoved. You can hear whispers, whistles, moans, groans, growls, and screams. Moans, groans, growls, and screams. That's going to be the name of something. Mm -hmm. I haven't come up with it yet, but it's going to be the name of something. I don't know. We'll do it. We'll make it All happen. Right, cool. Got to make something up. All right, go ahead. In the hole, also called a solitary confinement block, no animals will go inside. They refuse you're, to do it. You're joking. Nope. Absolutely refuse. There are sometimes when people take pictures or if it's like dark down there, they'll see uh, white or yellow balls of light flying around. Um, there were some investigators who recorded EVPs and you, on the EVP, you can hear the sounds of pigs squealing which I thought was a little strange until someone uh, connected that with when uh, Jesus cast the demons out of someone into pigs. Oh. And I went, oh, no, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I just got cold chills mm -hmm. like crazy. You're welcome. Other people, when they walk into the hole, because like you literally like you, you go down some stairs, you can walk into the cells and the cells are wide enough that you like just wide enough for you to be able to put your hands out and your fingertips touch both sides. And that's it. That's what you get. So some people, when they step down into that and into one of those rooms, they get really nauseous, dizzy. There was one person that reported like their heart like started beating really fast and their chest hurt. Not a good time. No. Not a good time. As you're walking through any other area of the prison, you can hear disembodied voices saying names, like whispering people's names. Uh, the most common names that are heard are Leroy, James, and Ben. I thought I thought you were going to say Leroy Jenkins, and I was nope. going to scream. Ugh. Nope. Okay. Nope. That would have been good. Damn. Next time. Shadow people are, of course, known to lurk around the halls and dip behind the doors as you're walking down the hallway or, like, peek at you around a corner and then zip back. 
So that's fun. Ew. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> I don't like that one. Weirdly enough, the chapel building is one of the most active places at the prison. Paranormal groups have caught EVPs in that room saying hell, beast, and pain. I don't like that. No, we're good. <laughs> previous inmates, like previous inmates, people who actually were there, uh, have told stories of seeing objects lift up and float across the room. And then they Bruh. also, yeah, they also reported cold spots in like the hottest of summer days. Bruh. So that's cool. I hate yeah. it. That's ah, cool no and pun, fun. No, mm. no pun intended. <laughs> Got it. Eh. Now, even though Brushy Mountain was an all-male prison, there is a female spirit that resides there. Uh, she's called Bonnie, and she spends most of her time in the courtyard, But and she loves to interact with any paranormal investigator that goes to the prison. Um, so you just stand out outside, and you're like, hey, Bonnie, how you doing? And she'll come and talk to you. So that's kind of weird. She's obviously go. not. Yeah. Right? She's obviously not associated with the prison. She's probably there from, like, just the land or, like, sometime before, but Bonnie's there. Interesting. In the cafeteria, there is a spirit known as Waterhead. I don't know why he's called that. He's thought to be the spirit of a prisoner who was killed while working in the cafeteria, and he's easily identifiable because he only has one arm. Water. Oh. Uh, weird, right? Yeah, I don't know. He only has one arm. It's like... I uh, I was I was gonna say he has water in his head. That's how he's identified. Right. That would make sense. I don't I don't know why he's called Waterhead. And it's like one like he he shows up like most of one arm missing, and I don't know why. I, f I only found that one place too. So like I I don't know. Cool. Waterhead. I guess maybe he was drowned in a pot. I don't know. Eh, he I got don't a know. He got a swirly of death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So the next place we're going to talk about is C Block. So this is where the two black men were murdered. And in that section, there's a spirit known as James. And James loves cigarettes. Loves cigarettes. So if you place a lit cigarette in any of those four cells that are all ne like right in a little like cube next to each other. Um, and like most, I don't, I don't know if anybody listening has ever smoked, but like cigarettes have a safety feature where if you don't draw on them, if you don't puff on them, they go out. So if you lay one down and let it just hang out, it doesn't go out. It smokes itself. Is that really a safety feature that cigarettes have? Yeah, it is. Because a lot of people would smoke in bed and set themselves on fire. So they put that in like a quote unquote safety feature to keep people from burning themselves to death in their house. Because that was a big issue in the 1900s. Nice. In yeah, the, in the late in the late 1900s. Yeah, I guess mid late whatever. I don't know because people used to have smoking rooms and then they got really sassy and were like, "Oh, we're gonna do it in our bedroom." Cause that's a good fucking idea. I'm, I don't know. I, I'm I was making a joke and you didn't catch it. The late 1900s. Yeah. You were born in the late 1900s. I was. Yeah, me too. Ugh. Okay. Ugh. The most notable spirit is my personal favorite. His name is Leroy Jenkins. No, just Leroy. Well, I mean, could be Leroy Jenkins. He's kind of a dick. So most of the other spirits just kind of hang out in one location and don't really move around. That's why you can see uh, like Waterhead in the in the cafeteria and like Bonnie outside in the courtyard, right? Leroy can be anywhere. He likes to follow paranormal groups around and just fuck with them. 
So as you're walking around, he'll like knock shit over, like slam doors and just like generally try to get your attention because he was a bully when he was alive. Ah. And now he's still kind of a bully because he just follows you around, tries to scare you, make a lot of noise, be spooky, growl at a, you. A, a, pe- a penis, penis in yeah. after, after death. All right, yeah, cool. Yeah, exactly. So that's fun and cool and exciting. And that <sighs> is uh, my story about Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary. If you want to go and visit, it's like $400 for like a four-hour tour. And like in the beginning of the tour, they take you around and like show you stuff and like show you the layout and then they just turn you loose. And then for an overnight tour, it's like $1,500, but you get the whole night, so. I wouldn't last. I know, but it'd be cool. <laughs> be <laughs> Thanks fun. for that. Be Thanks fun. for that. It's also uh, really cold in the winter, and they only ever seem to do it in the winter, so there's that. It's really fucking layer, cold because there's no heating. Layer up. Ah, I'm heat. a little bitch baby. <laughs> like, I'm better with cold than hot, but ugh. I, uh, I appreciate your honesty. Yeah, it is what okay. it is. All right, cool. Thanks for coming uh, well, to my TED Talk. Okay, thanks, Sigma, for, um... No, sorry, Sigma. Yeah, it was Sigma balls. <laughs> <laughs> for submitting that, um... Lovely, lovely suggestion. Cool. Nice. All right. Uh, uh? I was going to tell our lovely listeners about the joke that I got you with. All of you have been sending me things. Oh, And fuck. I appreciate it so much, and it makes me so happy. And recently... This I was sent- before strep. That's why I didn't remember it. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. What did I? What did I say to you? Hey, the first part we were, of it. You were we were talking about emailing. Um, yeah, and that's why we drink. And you're like, did you see the email from D's? And I was just like, that's and I was what it, No, no, it was just D. It was like, did you see the email from D? Uh-huh. And you were like, no, I don't think you used the Honor email. And then I was sitting out. So, so let me set the scene for you guys. I was sitting outside at school with my husband and a friend of ours. And we were just chilling. Everything was good. And I look up at this fucking tree. And it's a <laughs> walnut tree. It's a walnut tree, right? So I look up and there's these two beautifully round green walnuts just right next to each other. Just beautiful. So I took a picture of it and I sent Katie the, hey... Did you see that email from D? And the sweet, sweet thing, sweet thing that you are suspected nothing. I because you were so excited, <laughs> I was just like, did I miss like a nickname for these girls? Because you just got finished talking about, uh-huh. and that's why we drink. And I'm like, did which I by the way, they followed us on Twitter. So ha 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 ha. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So I was like, what do you mean? Like you didn't use because I looked and I was like, you mm-hmm. didn't use the hotter email. What's going mm-hmm. on? And then you said. I sent a picture of those two beautiful circular green nuts right next to each other. And I just, these nuts. <sighs> and at the time, at the time, she fucking sent those to me. I was walking back inside and I got so upset that I almost walked into a, uh, my, into the glass doors. Like I straight up almost uh, ran into the glass doors because I was like rolling my, ar- my eyes so fucking hard. <laughs> Like, I, I had to, like, badge into everything. <laughs> like, and I just fucking walked into the door. So I was like, jeez, fuck. That gives me so much joy. Thank you. I just yeah, had to whatever. share that with our beautiful listeners who have been okay. sending me these nuts jokes. Thank you all so much for your inspiration. I win. <laughs> Are you done now? Uh, yeah, okay. Can I'll I, let you talk. Can I? Okay, cool. Thanks. This is the part of the podcast where we give shout outs to our newest Patreon members. However, we do not have any newest Patreon members this week. And that is A-OK. So if you want to keep supporting us, be sure to head on over to Patreon.com and you'll get that uh, shout out when you sign up. I always get that. 
I always always tongue tie myself. Forgive it's me, okay. sister. Yeah. You're doing so, great. Thanks. And if you cannot support us anywhere else, be sure to drop a rate and review on iTunes and smash that follow button on Spotify. And anywhere else you're listening to us, please be sure to do the thing. Because if you like what we do, please rate and review. Thanks. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Always. Is it my turn? Yeah, I'm going to get comfy. Tell me a story. Okay, I'm going to tell you a story. It's a baby story. It's not as as spoopy as I wanted it to be because it's it's one of those places like, it's so fucking haunted oh my god but it's like more consistently haunted and yes. there aren't very many stories yep but it's still a good story nonetheless tell me okay so this is lake shawnee amusement park where's that at west virginia <gasps> mountain mama <laughs> <laughs> anyways um <laughs> I didn't get the exact town. I'm so sorry. I think it's, I think the town is called, you could just Google Lake Shawnee. Like, and I hope I'm saying that right. I think it's Shawnee. Hey, hey, yo, Shawnee. Um, so the haunting of this amusement park in good old Western Virginia starts in 1775. And this is going to get a little uncomfortable for the first little bit. And I am so sorry. Wait, uh, it's an amusement park? Yeah. No. Lake Shawnee amusement park. I, mm, nope. What? I don't What's like amusement parks. What's your problem? I don't like amusement parks. Is, is it the clowns? Yes. There were no clowns. I don't think there were clowns. Yeah. Did you know the Maybe. fear of clowns is called colorophobia? No. Okay. But I do now? Yep. Proceed. Thank you for your input. <laughs> so, 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 as I was saying. So, 1775, right? Like, mm-hmm. 1776, we're about to do the th- the whole, that whole thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So couple mitch mitchell and phoebe clay settle on a piece of land and when i say a piece of land it was actually 800 acres of lands uh known <laughs> couple known pieces as, known as clover bottoms along the blue stone river okay clay was given this land by governor lord dunmore of virginia for clay being in the battle of point pleasant mm-hmm. so mitchell Mitchell's Clay, Clay's Mitchell. All right, because I got that confused in my head for just a second. So the governor gave them native lands. Of course he did, because that's wouldn't what you, you do. W- wouldn't you have guessed it? <sighs> so this family was the first white people to inhabit the land. They were not the first people to live there, even Correct. though they thought they thought that. Yeah, did they do a, a tobacco farm? Because that would just fit with my entire expectation of what's happening. Oh, I have no idea. What oh, they fair grew. enough. They grew shit and had had. Uh, animals. Yeah. Livestock? There we go, livestock. Yeah. But uh, I don't know what they did. But anyway, so Clay, this, may, this makes me clench, uh, their 14 children Ow. <laughs> lived there for eight years until Native Americans came and attacked the family in August of 1783. Reasonable. Which there are two stories about this incident. The first goes that while Clay was out hunting one day with his eldest sons, Two sons, Bartley and Ezekiel, were out putting up a fence when 11 Shawnee natives attacked. Hmm. The natives ended up killing Bartley and Tabitha. She came to the rescue to, like, help. So Hmm. both Bartley and Tabitha were killed. And Ezekiel was captured and taken along the Indian Trail back to the Shawnee home in Ohio. Holy balls, that's a long way. Yeah. The mother and the rest of the children had fled through the woods up to six miles to the closest neighbor nearby. Yeah. 
So they, they took they took the fuck off and so they could do. Quay gathered up about a hundred excuse me, dozen men, a dozen men Kay. and pursued pursued the natives after he had buried his children on the property. Mm. The natives at this point had split into two groups heading home. One obviously one with Ezekiel and one without Ezekiel. Okay. Right, yeah. So Clay's party cut up to the group of natives without Ezekiel. Okay. And ended up control alt deleting control Zing. Control Zing uh four natives while the rest had escaped. The rest of the tribe learned of their members being killed and burned Ezekiel at the stake in retaliation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm following. Uh, or, 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 depending on who you ask, Ezekiel was burned as soon as his father showed up to camp. Yeah, one of the two. So, one of the two. Either way, the kid was burned on the stake. Yikes. Well, The second story goes that it agrees that Barley and Tabitha were killed, but then this is that everything else afterwards differs wildly. The natives had stolen livestock when they attacked, so their trip back to Ohio was slowed, allowing Clay and his posse... <sighs> The, way, the fact that you popped the P on posse makes me really uncomfortable, and I don't Pos- know why. Posse. I don't like it. Have you heard Have you heard that song, uh, Simple Dimple, Pop It, Squish? No. It's a, it's a, like a Russian song? Yes, I have. I lied. Simple Dimple. Yep. Simple Dimple. Yep. It's Russian. Yeah? Yep. Nice. Noise. Huh? So, so he'll you know, pop it, and then... That's that's where my brain, my strep throat brain went. Okay, anyways. I mean, no, it's fine. Your, it's good. Thanks. Thanks for your enthusiasm. So anyways, You're welcome. <laughs> uh, da, 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 where did I stop? So the posse. Ugh. Caught, you're the one who was like mobbing and posseing. I'm yeah, trying no. to get you to make the, 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 make fact the that joke you, again. <laughs> the fact that you popped the pee on posse makes me uncomfortable. Oh, okay. Sorry. All right. So I'm it's just fine. It's, it's my fault. So the men ambushed the natives at daybreak, killing all of them and saving Ezekiel. Uh, they also scalped the natives and kept that shit, which was fucked up. And here we are. I don't like it. Yeah. So one story Ezekiel lives, one story Ezekiel doesn't. And uh, I think more historically accurate, Ezekiel doesn't live is the more accurate one. Yeah. Well. So that's fine and dandy. Ugh. The land didn't have anything else happening. They, they, The family moved off. The Clay family was just like, we're going to mosey on out of here because we don't know why they attacked. Well, I mean, we, we do, but we don't, right? I mean, we'll, like, we'll we, we know that they're upset, but, like, why are they here? Like, specifically, I will explain why they were oh. upset. We'll, we'll get there in a second. Okay. There's a reason why this song bitch is actively haunted. It's just not because of an amusement park. Okay. The land didn't have anything else happening on okay. it. Until 1926, when Conley T. Snido, mm. Snido, Snido, help me, you don't know. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm not even where, in your notes. Oh, where are you? Uh, uh, just Con- looking at your him. face while you talk. Thanks. Uh, we're just going to call him Connolly. We're just going to call okay. him Conley. Con- Conley. Conley, damn it. Conley purchased the land, or he took it. I have no idea what happened. He, he uh, appropriated it. It was his, and then he turned the land into an amusement park. Oh, the the he he called the place Lake Shawnee Amusement Park. So that is where the name came from. Is he came up with that name for the park? Oh, okay, okay. okay. Why are you so confused? Why are you so upset? I just I'm I'm still sn- I'm still stuck up on posse posse possian posse people possian. Okay, cool. So the place was set up with a Ferris wheel. 
Okay. A swing, a swing set, but like one of those swing sets where it's a circular one, and it, okay. and it goes fast and it kicks the swings out, and you're swinging. right. Yeah, the super Not swings like, of death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, it's funny you say that. Um, a swimming hole, and apparently they had canoes or like some boats and a pond. Okay. Where you where you could fish. Okay. Cottages were also built on the property so families could stay the weekend for a sweet, sweet deal of only 10 doll hairs. Ooh. Which was uh, apparently pretty reasonable prices back in the day because it attracted a lot of attention. Over 10,000 people showed up 4th of July weekend in the 1940s. Jesus. Which is weird because there's only two two rides. Well, I mean, that's park. more than no rides. <laughs> Technically, two is still more than zero. Yeah, so he also built that for, like, coal miners in the area and Fair. their families. Yeah, so that was, that was like, a big wheeling, dealing kind of thing. However, with it being, you know, the early 1900s, the park was not entirely safe. Ha! Huh, swings of death. It's funny you say that. The, uh, the things, things in general were not safe. Around the 1950s, a Sony pop truck backed up into a little girl and killed her instantly. So, depending on who you ask... Either the truck backed up and killed her, or she was on the swing, and the truck backed up into the path of the swing, and she, like, I guess, smacked the side of the truck and oh, died. Oh, that would make more sense than getting killed instantly by a truck backing over you. Right. Because, no, think no. That's the, yeah, I think that's the one that happened, because she died in the swing. Yeah, definitely that, yeah. then. Yeah. I think that's how that happened. Two boys apparently drowned in the in the swimming holes. One of the boys got his arm stuck in the drainage pipe. Ooh, a poor child. Poor poor child. It's rumored that a total of rumored rumored that a total of six children have died. But uh, what's his butts closed the park in 1966. Well, I mean, I I'm the kind of psychotic person that watches like um, amusement park disaster videos, like. How many Why people have died at Disney or, like, you know, whatever. So. <laughs> Why would you do that to yourself? I don't know. I also like true crime. <gasps> the Zodiac Killer was identified. Fun fact. What are you? What? Are you okay? Oh, God. It was the cat. What a fucking oh. asshole. <laughs> I was like, what's happening? Are you all right? I heard a, I heard a loud pop. Oh. And then you and then you gasped and then I <laughs> cried and died on the inside. No, I'm sorry. I was going to say that I'm a fucking true crime psychopath and that's why yes. I know that, but also the the Zodiac killer got identified potentially. That's what potentially. they're thinking happening. So, P- potentially. So he died he in 2018, actually... so that's fucking useless, but we know. We might know when, who he is. When did he die? 2018. Oh, 2018. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Great. So, that's kind of cool. Google that cool. if you haven't. Yeah, we're not a true crime podcast. No, so I'm not going to sp- waste time talking about it. I just want to mention it. Yeah, we could talk about it in the opening of the next podcast. <clears throat> Let's go. You're, you're all right. So, yeah, before the park was closed, however, two dudes, Father Clifford Lewis and Edward V. McMichael, okay. did some exploration expedition projects. No, no. They found pottery fragments, beads, and pieces of jewelry on the property, and another homeboy by the name of Emery Jones, who was an entrepreneur archaeologist, was inspired by these guys digging on the property, caught wind of it, did his own investigation in 1975 on the property. But this time he found human remains. Ooh, that's and not ideal. No. Um, so um, no, one, no one did anything with that. I guess the property was not being inhabited or actively but dealt with. So nothing happened. They, they 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 found that, and then I guess like the property owner was like, "No, just don't worry about it." 
Just don't worry about it. But we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, in 1985, Gaylord White okay mm. became the okay became the <laughs> became became the new owner of the amusement park. Damn it! Proceed. Don't me up. I'm sick. Sorry. I'm a sick baby. I'm a sick baby. Don't make You're fun doing of me. great. Thanks. He worked there as a teenager, so his big boy dream was to reopen the park since it closed. He was only able to. Aff- Bless you. The cat sneezed. Uh, <laughs> he was only able to afford to keep the park open for three years as insurance costs were too high for him to afford, so he shut it down. Hmm. White's plan to use the land for mud bogging. <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know what mud bogging is, which is me, I don't know what mud bogging is. I don't know what mud bogging was until I Googled it. It's when the, the, the land gets so muddy, like, three four feet deep muddy and then you just take your truck and then you just fuck it up so as uh different different southerners would say you're going mudden mudden yeah it's it's, it's technically called mud bogging but yeah it's and mudden. mudden mudden okay it's mudden here <sighs> but archaeologists from marshall u and concord college were like you please can you not until we dig up the place like please yeah and so they did they he, the guy, White, let them do two excavations or one, two or one. I can't remember. When a number one, of excavations. But I think it was two. Uh, one in 1987 and the one in 1988. Mm-hmm. An excavation began where 25,000 25, artifacts were discovered. True. And more human remains. They <sighs> ended up finding 23 to 25 children bodies. What the fuck? Um, and it was estimated because of the density of the bodies that they found in the area, they estimated that there was 3,000 native children bodies on the land. So here's where we get into why that is. And this is kind of why uh, the Shawnees might have actually attacked the Clay family. I mean, yeah, I'd fuck them up too. Fun fact, Shawnee oh. natives inhabited the property in the Fort Ancient Prehistoric Period, which is 1080 to 1690 AD. Okay. An odd infection killed approximately 3,000 children around 1282. The bodies showed sign of bone and dental deterioration. Okay. When the professional archaeologists showed up, they gathered two native... What, okay, what, what the professional ar- ar- archaeologists gathered is that two native villages were on the land where the park is now. Whoa. It is believed that the land is sacred burial grounds for the children, and that's why bad things happen during the park, and that's why it is haunted to this day. I mean, that would make sense, yeah. Be- because you fucking built a park Whoops. on top of 3,000 dead children. Whoops. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you do that, you're just not going to have a good time. So the land is still there in the, in the White family and has done various things with it over the past 40 years. So the family opened up the abandoned amusement park in 1990s. Uh, for good old campfire and tours. So, like, he acknowledges oh. that it, uh, it's haunted as shit and lets people come now to the park. Okay. Plus, they also, they also do mud bogging. They do, they, they do mudding and uh, host catfish tournaments. Oh, hell pond. yeah. Let's do a catfish for us, son. You know you fish for catfish, right? Huh? Sometimes the way you fish for catfish is you just, it's like, noodling. put your whole arm in. <laughs> noodling. <laughs> noodling cracks me up. Did, did so I ever funny. Tell you my cat 
um, like, you know, it's underneath my bed. There's a bed skirt on my bed. Right? Yeah. Okay. So I can't, like, see under my bed. Yeah. And then sometimes the cat will be under the bed and attack me as I'm walking around the bed, right? Yeah. So when some people come over, they're like, I want to see the cat. I want to see the cat. So I'll go into my room. If he's not anywhere to be seen, I go into yeah. my room. And I go, I'm noodling. And I'll just shove my hand <laughs> underneath my bed and grab him and just fight him and pull him out from underneath my bed. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, that poor dumb. But he's looking at you like, bitch. <laughs> he was. He's about, to, he's about to have the zoomies. He's 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 freaking out over there. All right. So I go noodle oh. and I pull him out from underneath the bed. That's so, the best. ABC showcased the park on Scariest Places on Earth in 2005. And then Sci-Fi Discovery? I think it's Discovery. has Ghost Lab. And they featured um, the park in 2010. Oh, shit. So, cool. so apparently this place is, like, super haunted, but you know who got zero fucking stories? Me! Well? Ah! I mean, whoops. I guess I could have watched the shows, but I couldn't find them. So, like, oh. these shows are so old, I can't find them anywhere. Fair enough. Or maybe I didn't, like, go to the dark web hard enough, but here we are. I had strep. It's, it is what it is. So, one week, out, one, one week out of the year, the family hosts what is called Dark Lake Carnival. For <gasps> those... Oh, oh, no. Just the title makes me uncomfortable. Car- Carnival? Yeah, I don't like carnivals. You, you poor thing. That's fine. <laughs> For people of the paranormal to gather and do whatever it is paranormal people do. History. Duh. That's what I put in my notes. Did you huh? read my notes? No. Get out of here. Mm, I don't believe you. All right, cool. So that's the history of the place. And we're just going yeah. to do a quick quick uh, haunting because, like I said, I didn't get shit. Spook me. Orbs apparitions and shadows are super common to see in the park especially you'll see shadows more so around the ferris wheel and the swing set i like it yeah probably because also the native children were buried there that's they they it's speculated that's why the orbs are there is because of the uh you know yeah native children oops children laughing in the park is a super common thing i don't (laughs) like that one also, Native American chanting can sometimes be heard out in the distance. Okay. Swimming on the property is not allowed. Well, you get dragged down. But those who do feel like they're being pulled down into the water. Shut the fuck up. I don't like I that. Mean, I'm sorry. That's why those but, kids fucking drown, dude. I mean, there's probably something in that water that drowns. That, that literally is why those children drown. I don't like that. I was kidding. Because I was like, that'd be scary. I don't like that. You're all right. So... <laughs> Someone, someone visiting the park during a weekend event took a picture of a stone monument of a stone monument of Bartley and Tabitha's burial site. Mm-hmm. And in the photograph, there is a distinctive shape of a person standing behind the monument. However, I could not find this picture. Gross. Like a wiener. It is what it is. Maybe, maybe I didn't look hard enough, but I couldn't find it. It is what it is. So, to the little girl who was killed by the truck... Okay, we've established she was on one of the swings, right? Yeah. That particular swing will move, will swing, okay, that swing will swing, move, and actually twist. Ew. When the other swings aren't, and there's no reason for the swing to be swinging. Ew. If you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't like that. Uh, A child with reported psychic abilities came to the park, and this child began engaging with someone that no one could see at that swing set. Oh, no. Aha. Tour guides of the park don't normally tell guests about the little girl, but guests usually gravitate to that one particular swing that the girl was killed in. 
Okay. Psychics who come to the grounds more often do not like to be there at night because of how draining the energy is. And some people even report smelling the con- concession stand foods, which th- there's not food being cooked there. Yeah. No. So, lastly, so lastly, this is the best thing that I got. Okay. There's a YouTube video. And I linked okay. it in my notes. But you can Google it or you can YouTube it. It's um, girl, girl plays, girl captured on video playing at Lake Shawnee Amusement Park. Um, okay. Just, yeah, just Google girl plays at Lake Shawnee Amusement Park captured on video and you can uh, find it on YouTube. It's from Chris Starr. She goes in there with a team of her people, right? Uh-huh. So you can watch the video. It's it's like halfway through. Uh, it's where she's like walking down a hallway with pool noodles. Part of the video, yeah. So part of the video, she's walking half, half through a hallway where there are pool noodles hanging down. That's I don't know weird. if it was like, yeah, I don't know if it was like a spooky house where they had pool noodles hanging, and so it was supposed to like stimulate you with the pool noodles. I have no idea. But everything's still. All the pool noodles are still, except two. Except two are obviously swinging. I'm getting cold chills. Two of them are swinging on their own, and there are pool noodles right next to these two. And um, I can see the video in the reflection of your glasses. Yep. Um, the other pool noodles that are, like, right next to them aren't moving except for these two. Huh. So she's capturing on camera. She's like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe I'm getting this. Like, no, like there's no wind. The other pool noodles aren't moving. And as soon as she kind of, like, starts to say all this, you can hear a little girl laughing. Well, I had the volume turned down. And then she, like, audibly says, I heard a little girl laugh. And she tried to ask, yeah, they stopped moving. So after, like, the little girl laughed, the the pool noodles, like, stopped moving. And then she asked if they could be moved again, and they didn't. Huh. It was was really fucking creepy. It's fucking gross. I don't like that. So, yeah, that is Lake Shawnee Amusement Park. Oh. What a time to be alive. Yeah, apparently it's really haunted. Like, apparently, like, there's just, act, like, constant activity there. It's just no yeah. good. Apparently, the white guy, um, I say white guy, his last name is White. Right. Um, he, apparently, he gets some stuff, but I don't think he di- discloses it to the public or, like, put posts it anywhere. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that's, it that's is what fair. It, is. it do what it be. It did is what it be. It do what it is. You know? Just does stuff and things. Okay, I need to go to bed. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, you got you got school. I got strep. We need to go to bed. Yes, I'm All very right. tired. Ready? You ready? Yes. To wrap it up? Um, you say some stuff about thanks for being here and goodbye. And I am drawing a massive blank. I cannot. We say remember. our social medias. Yeah, but there's something that I do. Um, Oh, if you want to check us out, be sure to head on over to www. No W's. Ah, every time. Check us out at hauntherabarelyknowher.com. There's a contact page where you can submit a listener's request. Um, you can send us a request, as we did in this episode. We, Brushy Mountain was a listener request. So Ooh. you can pop that in there and um, ask us to do a, a story for you. And um, if you have any any stories, any ghost stories you want us to read, yes. you can email them to us, slide into some DMs, um, hit us up, and we will go from there. Uh, speaking of social medias, we are on Instagram and Twitter at H-H-I-B-K-H podcast. I am on Instagram. Zoe's on Twitter. Um, Zoe's kind of on Twitter. I'm kind of on Instagram. Yeah. I've been sick and busy. It is what it is. I'm trying my best. <laughs> I'm trying my best. We're, we are both trying our best. We promise. Um <laughs> nice face. Thanks. Okay. okay. So until next time, haunt her. I barely know her. Or that kid with those noodles. <laughs> Noodling.
I was going to say Leroy Jenkins. Oh, that's fine. 